All righty, back out of here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peter. And now let's get to The Fan Focus. All righty, let's start off with Nick. He's solo for this portion of Fan Focus as he talked about the state of the Cavs. But when they played together and when they were both healthy, it was magic to watch offensively. So that's not as big of a... Uh, of an issue, it is how do you get them to fit together? And that's where the onus comes back to JB. But if it, so it can, honestly, it should work. That's the thing that's infuriating. We shouldn't be choosing Darius or Donovan. In, in, uh, games four and five of the Eastern Conference round one series against the Knicks, JB Bickerstaff chose Darius Garland to bring the ball up late in those games when he had a chance to, 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 to bridge the gap and get back into those games. They they chose to take the ball out of the best player on the team, put it into their, their point guard. You don't have to make that choice. It was the wrong choice for JB to make, by the way, if he, if he made the choice. He chose the wrong guy. He chose the guy that didn't average coming into the playoffs, averaging 28 points per game. But if it doesn't work out this year, if JB can't make it work, all of a sudden, not only is running it back for a third time with his team not an option, all of a sudden, wholesale changes will have to happen. That doesn't tend to bode well in the NBA. When you get to a point where you've, you've, you've done something twice and it really hasn't worked, this is the downside of running it back. If you run it back and either JB gets fired midseason and you put a new head coach in there, or you give JB all regular season and his future in Cleveland is predicated solely on his abilities and how he looks in the playoffs, it's not going to be enough to fire JB Beckerstaff. I don't know about that. I, I I think you can make a case to fire him at any point if you really truly wanted to. It's interesting because because Nick was definitely in the camp of majority of the year saying JB had to be better. I I don't know. I the, the whole thing about this core four and running it back I find fascinating though because it, there's nothing that we saw tonight that makes you believe that the Cavs are going to run it back a hundred percent. But if you look at the moves and if they are able to get the Max Struess deal across, which is not across the finish line, not even close at this point. Got to make that abundantly clear. We got a couple reports, but nothing by people I trust yet. So we'll wait and see. But between Max Struess, between Niang, and between what you saw with the Levert extension, if they run it back, you can only go to that well so many times. And in the NBA, the NBA is moving so fast right now. All these different players are moving all these different teams. It's speed, lightning quick speed across some of these changes. And so in the NBA, you got to find a way to keep up. And and the Cavs staying pat would be an interesting tactical move on their behalf after losing in five games to the Knicks. All righty. Ken and Anthony on me working on July 4th. Is Monday, are most people off on Monday around the country? Yes. 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 Everybody does differently. I, I, I mean, make sure. Are you guys working Monday? No. No, it's just all of no. us hourly peasants are going to be here on Monday. Oh, you're going to be here? You're yes, here. I'm here every holiday. Wait a second. Who's in? Off. Who's in on Monday? Um, 
JP is going to be doing CBS in the morning and then Spencer German. It was supposed to be wait, dairy. No, that's wait, Tuesday. Wait, wait, wait. Potato salad. wait a second. That's Tuesday. On the 4th of July. Monday. Monday is Jeff Thomas and Daryl Ryder. Okay. My mistake. And then Peterlin has the national show on Tuesday. On Tuesday. A 4th of July extravaganza, should we call? Should we call in? Or would he Would he not acknowledge us? What do you say? I'm you think doing, I'm calling in on... I'm doing my national oh, show. on CBS. What do you say? No. I'm not... I'm not... I am not going to the local Cleveland guys <laughs> on a national show. No. I mean, no. national is prime time. I'm not going to bother Lynn, him. I'm, sure I'm not Pe- going to bother Peter Lynn. I'm sure Peter Lynn already has the entire day slotted. Yes. An outline for the entire day. I'm not going to bother He doesn't have time for us, us peasants, and no. local morning... Surfs. Cleveland, Ohio... Peterlin's going to disregard. He's not even going to admit that he even knows us on that day. You're absolutely correct. It's 100% correct. Uh, I wish I could tell you different, but, you know, that's the way it goes. What are the national topics going to be on 4th of July? Let me guess. NBA free agency. Check. Shohei Otani. Check. And ranking... Ranking the James top. Harden. There will be a long yes. monologue. Now, yes. This is what I would do. Yeah. I'm not on. Uh, James Harden. And it, they would play the they would play the Metallica. I like that. And then the guy on the mic would go, "You're on." And it's usually a usually a a taut 22 year old from the Greater New York metropolitan area. Always. Yeah. And he would go, you're on. And then I would launch into a thing, and then I would get into my my big James Harden thing. Ken's done enough CBS to know it is always it is always a 22 year old from the greater metropolitan New York area. Uh, hey, you're on. You can go now. And then you just go. And then you just talk. And it is what it is. Now, where they're wrong about that, and you guys know how to get into fan focus. Just talk about me, and I'll put you in. Where they're wrong about that is that I got to do a Saturday CBS Sports Radio show before I even get to Tuesday show. So it's impossible for me to have mapped out Tuesday's show already when we are not even through Saturday's CBS Sports Radio show. That's just the reality. Now, would I acknowledge their existence if they called? They are right in the idea that no one across the country, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, but if you're doing, if you're listening to me on an Oregon, you really don't know who Ken and Anthony are. You just don't. So, like, I would think it's hysterical. But nobody else would understand the bit. That's like we had Chuck call in once. And I always, I love taking calls from Cleveland, by the way. But we had Chuck call in once. And you guys know Chuck, the caller, is very abrasive at times. And he's very, I call him mean Chuck for a reason. And he called in and tried to do his shtick on a national show and tried to relate a, a generic NBA conversation to the Cavs. And I had to be like, listen, man, I'm not, I'm on 92.3 The Fan right now. But I'm not on 92.3 uh, The Fan right now. Like, they don't know that you're joking with me. The dude from Michigan that doesn't know what uh, my show is typically like, that has only listened to me on CBS Sports Radio, doesn't know you're doing a bit right now. So that'd be the tough part. But yes, Ken or Anthony, feel free to call in. I would love to have you. Uh, You guys are very respected across the industry. You're very respected people in general. Uh, But ultimately, you're funny and you're fun. I would love that. I don't know why they were so dismissive of me welcoming them into my show. Anytime. Anytime. You want to call up? Talk whatever you want. Open platform at any point. Fourth of July, Saturday show. I'm on the network three times in the next week. Feel free. Call in. I'd love it. Dan and Phelps on the Guardians lineup. 
I'm not going to raise any stink about this at all because it's only a matter of time. But Bo Naylor is hitting ninth. And, and he's hitting behind David Fry and Miles Straw. Jeff, we can't question Terry Francona. He knows what he's doing. There's no way that we can ask any question whatsoever when it comes to the lineup. You know, he's a baseball lifer, and in Tito we trust. We just have to shut up and take this like a champ. It's only a matter of time before Bo Naylor isn't hitting ninth. I'll just go ahead and ask the question. Dude went three for four in the last game that he played with a home run and a couple of runs batted in. He's coming on a little bit. Might you not want to hit him behind Miles Straw? <laughs> I'm just throwing that hey, out there. let's give the young kid the least amount of at-bats in a lineup. I mean, I didn't even know we were still talking about lineup construction. It's a fight that I started years ago with Rosario in the two-hole, and it's just continued, and it feels like... I guess now more than ever, it's a, it's a live as well. I, I, listen, I, I, I waved the white flag in that fight a long time ago because Tito's going to do what Tito's going to do. So I, I, who am I to tell him wrong? All right. I, he's decided he wants Rosario to get more at bats than Jose Ramirez. It's dumb. We all know it's dumb because anyone that would say that Jose Ramirez deserves less at bats or let's say even some of the other players. Last year, I argued for Jimenez to be in the two slot. It's just not how math works, but he made up his mind. And I talked to a lot of people about it in the offseason. They said he likes Rosario in that two-hole. Okay, fine. He likes him in the two-hole. Can't change his mind. It is what it is. All right, we move forward. It's Nick and Jason Lloyd, who was there for the first couple hours of afternoon drive today on competitive eating. I look at uh, a man as yourself, you know, just a sculpted god like yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think you've at one point in a drunken moment thought to yourself, I could do competitive eating. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And by the way, when you actually see somebody like Joey Chestnut do that, you realize you can't. I, I, they, because I was the fat guy at the station in Charlotte, I'm the fat guy at every station, but I was especially the fat guy in Charlotte, that Joey Chestnut was at a Hooters. And they were like, hey, it'd be really funny if you tried to challenge him. And I was like, ain't no you know what way. Yeah. And so I decided I was going to try and eat wings as slow as I possibly could just to be really obnoxious. Have you seen what Joey Chestnut has said? Now, wait, wait. Before I even get there, how insane is it that all of us associate, or a good deal of us associate Joey Chestnut with this, the birth of this nation? You have to at this point. Like, Every time I'm like, ah, 4th of July is coming up, like the fourth or fifth thought is, competitive eating, Joey Chestnut, what's he going to do? And guys, I have no interest. I don't care what he's going to do. I don't care about him and Kobayashi hating each other. I don't care. But yet, the number two or three thing I think of 4th of July, other than how drunk am I going to get and how embarrassed is my wife going to be. Are you going to wind up naked on the porch? That's, it's honestly, it's the million dollar question. (laughs) Or it's the $10,000 in bail question, depending on <laughs> on how far we go. Um, it's just the worst thing to associate with patriotism. And like, uh, is a, is a, although maybe it's the best thing. Hey, it's this guy that can eat a lot of food. Okay, what other value does he bring? Hey, he can eat a lot of food. But did you see that Joey Chestnut has said, on the eve of this most hallowed holiday, his holiday, the fourth of chestnut. Joey Chestnut Day. <laughs> Have you seen what he said is the, the the record he wants to take down? 
You were telling me this before the show. I didn't even know this was a thing. So this was in a Q&A with, I think, uh, Bro Bible. I'm just going to read the quote. He said, I would love to get a King Crab record. I would love to eat hot dogs on every continent. <laughs> That's his legacy. I ate a hot dog in Antarctica. The King Crab record, which I didn't know was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing either. I always thought that shrimp was the one I would do best in. You give me an all-you-can-eat shrimp, I can house shrimp. I've been to weddings where I just sit in the corner and I hang out at the shrimp buffet, the shrimp, the shrimp cocktail, and just go to town. And I eat a considerably large amount of shrimp. For some reason, my body just lets me. I don't know why. Here's my, my spin on Joey Chestnut that you're going to hear probably Monday and probably on Tuesday because I like to say it. And I don't think I've ever said it on air before. What makes Joey Chestnut impressive to me is that we all eat. Like, think about it. Everyone on planet Earth eats, and he eats at a better rate than all of us. That's impressive to me. We don't all play baseball. We don't all play soccer. We don't all... Like, there's got to be an Albert Pujols that never knew that he was Albert Pujols because there wasn't a baseball diamond around him when he grows up. Across the country, we all eat, though. He is up against 8 billion people, and he is taking everybody down. Because if you can eat like Kobayashi or Joey Chestnut, it's not like you don't know that you can eat fast. You figure that one out, and then you go after it, right? Again, there is probably a Pete Weber out there somewhere that, because they weren't around a bowling alley, didn't realize that they were Pete Weber. It's got to exist out there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe that it exists out there. Literally everybody has to eat, though. Everybody has to eat. You'd know if you were Kobayashi. You'd know if you were Joey Chestnut. You'd know that you could do that at a rate better than everybody else. That's what makes Joey Chestnut impressive to me. Alrighty, we move forward. Let's go to the morning show. Ken and Anthony with a James Harden theory. I, my focus is Cavs first. Like I said, we got to get over the loss. I'm getting over the loss. This is part of it. My focus is Cavs first. I do think that Donovan Mitchell, at some point in his career in the future, wants to go back home. Now, I don't think, just like playing for the Clippers is not playing for the Lakers, I don't think playing for the Nets is playing for the Knicks. I think he likes. To, I think he would want to play for the Knicks. But if you're the Knicks, I mean, it takes two to tango. So say things work with James Harden. Say the Cavs have a good run. Say you just don't meet him, right? How do I, do I root for it to work with the Knicks and James Harden and Jalen Brunson and God knows who else to save Donovan Mitchell core four or move on from Jared Allen to get a wing with Donovan Mitchell, player X at my wing, Evan Mobley and Darius Garland? Do I do that? I have to ask you that question. 216-474-0092. Like, I know that the Knicks seem to be our enemy, Tony. But does my enemy have to be my friend to make sure that a very talented player, a guy who got MVP voting this year, stays with my team long term? Because before the Harden stuff started yesterday, there was only one other option I thought that would keep Donovan Mitchell here long term. And I didn't even want to discuss that yesterday because I, you don't want to hope for anything like that. That was the only other option that I could think of with Donovan Mitchell. I actually love that theory. I love the idea that it's not going to happen. James Harden and the Knicks is a disastrous combo, but I kind of love that idea that you'd root for James Harden because if James Harden works out, then it kind of blocks anything that Donovan Mitchell would need to or be able to do in New York. 
the problem I'm having is that I can't get over the fact that he, he just he's not a fit there. He's not a fit. It wouldn't work out. And so ultimately what would happen is he would go there. After a year, he would demand a trade. And then Donovan Mitchell would never be in higher demand from, uh, from Knicks fans. They might be between Brunson and Mitchell and Randall. We're going we're gonna to wreck the league in a way that we weren't able to do it with Harden. They would undoubtedly, in my mind, take a step back with James Harden. The fit is not there. I think it would backfire. But I love I loved the theory. The theory was nice. It was it was baked in the right way. I just don't see it materializing that way. I don't know where Harden's going to go. I would bet a lot of money it's not New York, though. All right, leave that there, but come on back. We got off the beaten path at 940. We'll keep you updated with the latest around the Cavs and free agency and what has turned out to be a very busy day on that front. Odyssey rewind function, first hour and a half spent on the Cavs, so go ahead and use that. Come on back, though. What exactly are the Guardians going to do with Cal Quantrill after this game? An interesting situation has arose within the Guardians' starting rotation. We'll discuss it next, but first, let's get you a Jake Sports update.